Hi, I'm Jake Morecambe. Welcome to Think Health on 2SCR and around Australia via the Community Radio Network. Today we have a show that originally aired on one of our sister programs, Think Sustainability, and it's about noise pollution. It's 9.10am in the morning. It's time for a coffee. Slave to the caffeine. I'm walking down the stairs of my office heading onto the main road of Broadway, one of the busiest stretches in Sydney CBD. And this is what I walk out to. Every morning. The loud, bombastic sounds of traffic, of cars, of trucks, of taxis, of buses zooming up and down this road. But even though it sounds overbearing, the funny thing is, a lot of the time, it blends into the background. It becomes normal sound. But that's not a good thing. Today on the show, I want you to think about your sound environment. What it sounds like at your work. What it sounds like at home. What it sounds like on your way home. And we're going to be taking a look at how the sound environment around you could be causing you harm. This is Think Sustainability. I'm Jake Malcolm. Today, we're talking about noise pollution. But before we focus on what noises are driving us mad, we need to start by looking at which ones are fading away. So it's pretty recent in research terms, uh, but in that short space of time it's generated a lot of researchers looking into these questions. This is Kirsten Paris. One of Kirsten's research areas is bioacoustics, which in short means recording the way organisms talk with one another, whether that's croaks between frogs or songs between birds. Animal languages, really. With a fancy microphone, Kirsten will trek out to animal homes, sit there and record by getting their calls or animal talk on tape. This helps her figure out when and for how long they chirp or croak. And also what this says about their mating habits. But it's also here where we run into trouble. Mating. When Kirsten first got into bioacoustics, she was working at the University of California, Santa Barbara. And when she was there... I developed a little model to calculate the impact of road traffic noise on the distance over which male frogs could be heard. She found that when frog habitats were close to urban environments, things like highways, construction, the noise was drowning out the sound of their calls reducing the distance the sound would travel by up to 90%. Similar things have been found for birds. If we consider songbirds, they sing quite complex songs to attract mates. And in noisy environments, male birds have reduced success in attracting a mate. And if they do attract a mate, they tend to um, produce fewer eggs and fewer birds fledge successfully. So we're seeing impacts on reproductive success. Aquatic animals are also feeling the effects too. Boat traffic, shipping vessels or the building of bridges have been proven to affect 
injure, and even sometimes kill fish that live in that area. But as far as protecting animals from noise pollution, we haven't yet reached that point, and that's because we're still failing to protect ourselves. So every airplane which is crossing my house uh, incredibly stimulates to intensify my research. <laughs> so how many? So like you must like fifty times a day. You're just like getting more and more motivated, I guess. No, I think uh, the airplane is crossing here every forty-five seconds. <gasps> This is Thomas Muenzel. Thomas works at the University Hospital in Mainz, Germany, as chief in cardiology. And for Thomas, it's not road traffic or construction noise that's getting to him. It's aircraft noise. And what he's most concerned about is how planes flying overhead is affecting his hospital patients, who are just a 15-minute drive away from the airport. And this is really a scandal. How can you plan and you run away, which is so close to the only university hospital where all the people are coming together, which are very sick in our country, and these airplanes starting also at five o'clock, passing the university hospital, and they continue to make noise until eleven p.m. in the night. Tom is part of a growing body of researchers looking into how aircraft noise can affect your cardiovascular health, which he believes is up there with smoking, overweight, high cholesterol. This is because continued exposure to noises like aircraft noise can cause something called hypertension, which is just another name for high blood pressure. These sounds can cause your blood pressure levels to rise, making you more stressed, lose out on sleep, and expose you to some pretty serious stuff like kidney failure, stroke, or even a heart attack. But you may not notice all of this happening to you, or feel your blood rising when a plane flies over your house, and that's because we're even more vulnerable to conditions like hypertension when we're sleeping. Because you can close your eyes, but you cannot close your ears. Yeah, so the, your ears are always, let's say, alert. If you sleep in the night and an airplane is crossing you, it's making noise. That your blood pressure always goes up, like let's say seven to nine millimeter mercury. So it's it's a quite huge increase in blood pressure. And times sometimes the people get awake in the morning and they say, "Oh, I don't care. I was sleeping all night long." The aircraft noise is not bothering me at all, and so so it cannot make me sick. In Australia, our airport curfew runs from eleven o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning. So the chance of a plane disturbing you or doing damage to you in your sleep is small. But these curfews weren't driven because of health reasons. It's because people find aircraft noise annoying, and they don't always link that to being an impact on your health. If you've got steady stream of traffic, it's not as bad as if you've got sudden changes in intensity of noise. This is Dino Pisanello from the School of Public Health at the University of Adelaide, and Dino recently undertook a health omnibus survey in South Australia to find out which noises were bugging people the most. Road transport and neighbourhood noise or neighbours' noise; those two things were more annoying than others. Holding the survey in South Australia also revealed something about noise pollution 
that Dino wouldn't have been able to find in other states like New South Wales or Victoria. And that's how long people were willing to put up with these noises. Dino spoke with producer Miles Herbert. Is there anything unique about South Australia that might mean like there's more noise pollution in South Australia than, say, other states in Australia? As a proportion of people affected, probably not. As to whether they're more affected than other states in terms of quality of life, it may well be because they're not, they're not expecting the noise. So when it comes, there's a greater impact. You see this in other areas of health. For example, heat stress. If you think about a country like Australia, everyone's comfortable with hot weather or they're more used to hot weather. But in a country like Canada or in France, when the heat wave occurs, the ability of the community to adapt to that is much less. Why aren't people in South Australia expecting it? Uh, They're probably used to less traffic than in other states. Right. Maybe they're more vocal (laughs) in expressing their view. As a city like Adelaide gets bigger and bigger, so do the frustrations that people have with these uncontrollable noises. Back in New South Wales, developments like WestConnex or the Sydney Light Rail bring around-the-clock construction noise and more road traffic to soon follow. However, Dino says people in Sydney have learnt to drown out those sounds more. Not saying that they still don't annoy people, but if you were to put that noise in South Australia, they would be getting angrier because they're not used to it. Think of the last time you walked down a main street in the CBD against the traffic or heard construction going on not too far away from your work or your house. These sounds are part of what our modern cities sound like today. And without them, I say they'd sound kind of empty. But growing used to these sounds, Thomas from the University Hospital in Maine says, isn't doing us any good either. And industry bigwigs are taking advantage of that. It's very hard to convince the people that noise uh, is really a problem. And, you know, if, if you have a government which actually focuses on expanding the airports or something like that, like it is in Germany, you have a huge lobby against you. So not only that research funding is very difficult, but we have also the problem that many people fight against you. So you have personal enemies and sometimes they try to prevent your research with uh, ugly methods. Yeah, you know, you getting emails, getting stalked every morning. Uh, you have the same idiot in, in your email and telling you how he hates you, how he hates your research. So this, oh this my is God, really you get a huge that? problem. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an emotional uh, discussion here, you know, and, and like I said, this is the topic is here billions of euros which are maybe endangered if you uh, make stronger laws to protect the people and you have less noise allowed. Noise is the only cardiovascular risk factors which cannot influence by the patient himself or by the doctors. It's just something which has to be done by politicians making laws protecting the people from noise-induced vascular damage. And so this is uh, not so easy, you know. (laughs) Coming up, what do you want the future to sound like? Like in the beach or in a forest? (laughs) That's something we want. We hope in the future we can all have that.
What do you do when your job is taken by a robot? Where does all your e-waste go? How do you split your digital assets when you break up with your partner? This is Think Digital Futures. Each week, an exploration of the moral and mind-boggling questions that face us in the digital age. You can listen on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Think Digital Futures. If you were to try and explain at 45 dB in someone's office, like how loud is that? Okay, 45 dB is very low. Uh, for example, if are people talking with a normal uh, volume, if you are one meter away from me, it's about 60 60 dB. And what about us talking? How loud are we? Uh, I think we are around the 60 dB normally voice. <laughs> I'm speaking with Zhao Zhengqiu, the director of the Center for Audio Acoustics and Vibration at the University of Technology, Sydney. A lot of Zhao Zheng's work is about dealing with complaints. Could you shut up a second? Noise complaints. With his team and noise measuring equipment at the ready, Zhao Zheng will head out, identify the noise the person's complaining about. Could you shut up a second? Find out where it's coming from. And also how it's getting into the space, which Zhao Zhen calls the propagation path. They'll then figure out what is the best way to minimize the noise coming into that space: installing double glazed windows, pad the walls with some sort of sound absorbent material, or even set up speakers which play loops of white noise around someone's head to drown out the sounds of traffic. What does that sound like? It's like when you're wearing a headphone, but without headphone. <laughs> Not as invasive, really. Yes, you're right. However, Zhao Zhen points out that these technologies don't always work. You can't completely block out the sound of traffic if your office is along a highway, but there are standards in place for what is an acceptable or unacceptable volume. Legally, an office environment sits at the 45 dB mark, which is short for decibels. This is pretty quiet, considering Zhao Zhen and I are speaking at 60 dB. Your house is about the same, 45 dB, and Zhao Zhen says that's why so many people complain when construction is going on next door or over the road, because those noise levels can get up to dB levels of more than 80. And while complaining to your landlord or council or changing your office windows may solve your beef with unwanted noise in the short term, it's not actually addressing the real problem: that our cities, our homes, our lives are getting louder and louder. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a very good question because as a noise control engineer or researcher, we all understand if the noise can be controlled from the source. It would be much cheaper and more economic. For example, for traffic noise, if we can reduce the noise of the bus or the road, it's much cheaper than council or everyone try to do noise control individually for his home. But Zhao Zhen has something else up his sleeve, which he thinks could change the urban environment forever. Maybe it's possible to create a virtual. Reality around you, a virtual reality of sound that would make our environments sound however we want them to. That for Zhao Zhen is like in the beach or in a forest. <laughs> That's something we want. We hope in the future we can all have that. 
He says this is possible if we could learn how to manipulate these unwanted sounds. Sound is a, a wave. We always can cancel it, and we can regenerate that. So we cancel the noise of the sound that we don't want, and we can regenerate, reproduce what we want. Like the sound of an old car. When you drive an、uh, old,、uh, maybe Honda car, but you can reproduce sound like you're in a BMW or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what's the technology that allows you to do that? The mechanism or the principle is there a long time ago. After you cancelled the original engine sound of、uh, Honda, then you can replay back using a loudspeaker. Play back the recording from BMW, so you get the feeling. If you close your eye, you cannot tell whether you are driving in a BMW or a Honda. So it works in like real time. A Honda, old Honda, driving down the street could potentially sound like、yes. a crisper, cleaner car. Yes, you're right. Oh my god! In principle.、Yeah. <laughs> Zhao Zhan says this could apply to other types of noises, car honks, construction noise. If we invested into developing technology that could capture this sound, manipulate it, and then release it as something else, we could bring the sound of nature back into our cities. Bring back the sound of small critters, the sound of birds. However, we still have a way to go before we get there. Or. In the meantime, we could do something else. We could savor and protect our natural sounds, so that we don't have to recreate them. Thanks for listening to the show. You can subscribe to both Think Health and Think Sustainability by just jumping on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and searching for the names of the show, Think Health, and also Think Sustainability. This show is made possible with the support of Two SCR Radio, the University of Technology Sydney, and is heard around Australia via the Community Radio Network. We only have one more week left of shows before Think Health wraps up for the year. And we've got a big one planned for next week. This is what you can expect. I must admit, I thought you were probably overdramatizing it a little bit. So you thought I was being dramatic? Probably a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I probably did. But then I, I wasn't in your head.、Um, by the way, since this has all come up recently, I must admit. I'm a lot more aware of the noises that he makes. They really annoy me, but not to the extreme that they do you. They're bearable for me. I don't think that's ever going to change unless you find a way of dealing with this, whatever you call it, that you have. I'm Jake Morkham. I'll catch you next week.